This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson here with you along with Michael Remus. We've got a big show coming up today. We will head to Buffalo a little later on, get the latest on the Jack Eichel situation with our pal Joe Yurden in the home of the Buffalo Wing. And lots of Jets talk coming up, coming off another L last night at home with Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. As always, Winnipeg Sports Talk is brought to you by Not Auto Corp, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Cool Bet, and Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Um, so Billick's going to join us in 15 or 20 or so. Um, but before that, we welcome in... Michael Remus, the CTO from the command center. Remo, how are you today? How are you feeling, first of all? Um, you now officially vaxxed and waxed. Yeah, yeah. To quote Justine from the from the chat from a couple weeks ago. How, yeah. how are you feeling? How are you They've doing? been lowering the ages, and uh, I was eligible, zipped in. I must have got a cancellation, went to the, uh, the super site. That's what they call it. And uh, I'm feeling a bit of a vax hangover. Uh, it's a bit of a vax hangover, so I'm battling through. I kind of just lay down on the couch and watch the Jets game, but uh, pretty awesome to see what's going on there. And everyone, you know, the number is getting lower now for age eligibility. So, yeah, what did uh, it go to? Twenty four today? Yeah, twenty four today. So pretty much. Uh, That's almost, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. So I'm, you know, I was getting the shot, and I was just having visions of going to Jets games and concerts and uh, playing hockey. Again, so I was very, I was, it was like uh, the last day of school. You know when you get excited uh, to finish your exam and it's done and like summer's starting? Uh, I had that kind of a feeling yesterday. Um, were you emotional when you left the super site? Um, uh, were you, you know, d- were you crying at all? Or no, only, you- only like in line. Uh, <laughs> only, <laughs> after, no, after I was just like happy to get, to be able to go home. Uh, only like when you see like everyone getting shots and like you can see the end of this thing. Uh, and then they did. It wasn't. Have a, it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't the fear of actually getting a needle. Man, they put it in me. I was like, that was it. Uh, <laughs> that was what it was. Like, are you sure it went in? Yeah. Did I can, it work? I can. Yeah. I was like, I almost wasn't sure if I actually got it, but I can. Uh, I can tell you that my arm is a bit sore today. I do have to ask you one other vax-related question. Um, I can't help but notice I haven't seen a vaccine selfie from you on either Instagram or Twitter. Um, <laughs> did you post one and I just missed it? No, I did. They do have a uh, a selfie station there after you get it when you walk out at RBC, and it's like a backdrop you can take a selfie in front of with your sticker. I took a selfie. I didn't post it anywhere. I do have it in my personal collection. Are we sure? Collection. Like, are we sure that the vaccine works if you don't tweet or Instagram a picture of yourself after getting it? Oh, I'm not sure, I, man. I, 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 I just assumed. <laughs> I just assumed with the amount of <laughs> tweets and pictures that we've seen that that is, you know, sort of thing. You know, this is what you do. Yeah. You have to come in. You get. You make an appointment. You come in. You get your shot. Then you post a picture of that shot on social media, and then you come back later on in the summer for a second shot. That's all just part of the the the, the new circle of life, I guess, with the vaccine ring. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to, if you want to activate the vaccine, you do need to take a selfie and post it online. Yeah, you, you know what? You're probably right. I should I should, <laughs> I should, should do that. Please what, do that. I want this vaccine yeah. to work for you. You're a very important part of Winnipeg Sports yeah. Talk. One thing I, I'm surprised about is I didn't get like a certificate or anything that says that I had it. I think it's just like, it's just like an NFT on your profile. 
says that you have the vaccine. You just have an, an NFT in your digital wallet. <laughs> the Vax Top Shot. It's in your. It's in your account. Is Dabber Labs handling this for the yeah. province of Manitoba in Canada right now? As yeah, well? number one hundred and twenty thousand of uh, what, like over just over a million or so. <laughs> oh yeah, Tristan Rivers Music. The cell phone for the selfie activates the five G. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Now that we got the va- we're both got the vaccine, so no more uh, connection issues with the guests. It's all <laughs> going to be all solved now. There'll no. never be another muted mic on yeah. this program or anything. Yeah, the no. text all take. Taking care of now that Bill Gates is on our <laughs> no side. No more muted mics. <laughs> um, hey, shout out to everybody that's joining us in chat right now. Our boy Wayne Jones is there. Hi from the Norwegian chapter. Great to see you, Wayne. Uh, Tristan, of course, the Earl of Eli, the OG, Gregory Liverpool, Owen, Jeff, Manny. Uh, what up, Russ Lowen? Manny Franz with us. And yeah. uh, oh, Gerard Gallant has entered the yeah. chat, Remus. He's getting ready for the world uh, championships. Uh, he's he's ready for the world. So uh, I guess for all the teams that don't make the playoffs, we will have that this year. We didn't have it last year. So I, I do get excited uh, for that little second chance. I think they're going with a younger squad. So I know a lot of a lot of uh, his name making the rounds with all these coaching vacancies, like in Columbus, um, Seattle, of course. Yeah. And what's the other one? Arizona. You know, maybe he could be a candidate, but for now, he's got a busy job with uh, Team Canada. Oh, Chris Coff's here. Mal Paris. <laughs> Mal, Mal, Mal Paris b- bought a Microsoft Surface after his shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, glad you got it, Reem. If you're able to get it on the ASAP, and hopefully we can move past what we're going through right now. And when I say move past what we're going through right now, I'm referring to the pandemic, not the Jets losing 9 of 10 games because they are unrelated. But I know, Remo, the people with us here today on Winnipeg Sports Talk feeling it right now because um, if we were expecting the switch to be turned last night, um, that certainly didn't happen off the opening face-off. A dreadful start to the game. I mean, that was a team that didn't really seem ready to play um, you know, a few mistakes, you get down a couple goals. I will give Matthew Perot a lot of credit. I thought Perot was really going last night, and the play that he made to get the Jets on the board, setting up Kyle Connor right in front of the net, was exactly what this team needs. And you know what? From there on in, you know, I didn't hate the way the Jets played. I mean, they generated, what, 40 shots? They had a bunch of good chances. Thatcher Demsko was brilliant. Um, but again, when you're looking for confidence and you're looking for results right now, another loss on home ice with only a couple games to go, not really, not really, I think what the coach of the team's looking for. And, um, uh, it, it's not inspiring more confidence heading into the final two games before next week goes. All that being said, none of this is really going to matter come playoff time, but you want your team to be um, looking playoff ready. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't think anyone can really say that about the Jets at this moment. Yeah, the captain, Blake Wheeler, said it best yesterday when asked about the team's play. Called it blah. Uh, Reminded me of uh, what quote from a Friends episode. Accurate. Very accurate quote by the captain, I will say. I know. I know. I I love the honesty from the captain. He said it wasn't the best, wasn't the worst. But if you're heading in to a, what, one and nine stretch here, Towards the end of the playoffs, less than less than ideal. I mean, that's not a, a playoff team doesn't go one and nine. You know, you wouldn't think, but I guess they were doing so well earlier. They put themselves in a great position that they can go one and nine. Still, f- probably finish third here, uh, which is uh, didn't clinch it yesterday because Montreal got a point. But um, 
Very crazy. But, I mean, I didn't think they played uh, terrible. Um, Thatcher Demko made some awesome saves, robbing Mark Shifley, robbing uh, Kyle Connor on the breakaway at the end. You know, a couple misfires there. A bit of a misstep by uh, Billy Hainala there with the draw pass at the blue yes. line. You got you to gotta take care of the puck there. You can't be uh, pulling draw, draw passes at the blue line. That's not, uh, not going to get it done. So uh, That was a real tough way to get things going. And obviously yeah. the goal was huge. Um, the mistake was significant. Um, Vancouver made the Jets pay. Nils Holglander, he had a hell of a game last night. He's been um, great, man. Every game against the Jets. I'm like, yeah. this is the first couple of games, like, who is this guy? Hoaglander. And he scored a couple against the Jets. That's probably why. But uh, he's I, he's a good player for them. I like him. Uh, Manny France has much better game last night. Lots of high danger chances. Unlike before where everything was perimeter shots. Cut down odd man chances against again. I mean, yeah, listen, it wasn't a complete disaster or anything like that. Um I, I, I will say this. And, you know, and, and Coach Maurice said again today, like, if everyone is expecting – us to tune in tonight and you know watch a Jets team that will be in full playoff mode it really doesn't sound like that sounds like you're going to really spread out the ice time right now we are going to see the Jet debut ream of Dominic Toninato he's in the lineup tonight for Jansen Harkins and Neil Pionk's returning and that means Billy Hainala is out and you can't turn the puck over at the blue line uh, no, you can't, no, you can't no. turn I mean, it over. To say Billy's the only guy that's been turning the puck over on the blue line would be erroneous. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously he, he knows that he turned it over, and you can't do that. You don't think you need to bench him or sit him. But there was some speculation in our um, Twitter saying, okay, is this service time manipulation here? He's played five games this year. He needs to play seven games for you know the first year of his ELC to kick in. Well, that seven games can include you know regular season or playoffs. Do they decide to, you know, sit? You know, they're saying, hey, you know, we're 1-9. and We're playing not great. Like, let's just sit him for the playoffs because, you know, it's not going anywhere anyways. And then you can keep him for that that extra year of control. I do wonder what the plan is there. I think if he's, you know, worthy of an NHL spot, you know, keep him in the lineup. Don't hold him back. I think you see a lot of of teams, you see this in baseball too, hockey, just the service time manipulation. I don't know if that's the best way to keep, you know, healthy relationships with your players. I don't know where where you stand on what they're going to do. Yeah, like, I mean, they've put themselves in a position where they certainly can, you know, not play them and maintain the year. And, you know, for a team like Winnipeg, where, you know, free agency is always a big issue, you know, that asset management is important. So, I mean, I'm not going to dismiss that at all. And, if you know, like if the team's down three zip and, oh, do we just play him to get some experience, but it's going to cost the contract? Well, the answer from me is probably no. My issue right now is, and, you know, last night's game notwithstanding, I still probably think that this team could use Billy Hanel and what he brings to the table um, playing against teams like the Leafs or Oilers. But, you know, I, I think we know, and, and it was pretty clear from Coach Maurice and what he had to say after the game last night that, you know, he wasn't hanging it on Villy or anything like that, but I think Paul Maurice still thinks that he's got some more maturation to take place before he can go out and, you know, eat up big responsibility for the Winnipeg Jets. Now, everyone will have their own opinion on that. Paul Maurice is just the one that counts. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're seeing Neil Pionk get back in the lineup tonight. It sounds like Tucker Poon will stay out, but it's Billy Hainala that was doing the, the bag skate after the morning skate today. Um, so he'll be out of the lineup. How much of it happens uh, has to do with asset management. 
it's impossible for us to answer until we hear from the general manager on that. Um, but, I mean, for some, it'll be disappointing. Billy Hanel is not in the lineup tonight. Um, but I'll tell you what, if we look down the road and the Jets have Billy Hanel for an extra year because he didn't play the games down the road, it might look like a good decision. Bottom line is that's much more about than much more to talk about than just Billy Hanel right now, especially a huge milestone tonight, Michael Remus, mm-hmm. 1000 games for Paul Stastny. And um, it was a pretty fun media session with Stastny earlier today talking about, you know, getting there, many of the memories over a thousand games and how he lost his teeth. In fact, not playing hockey, but getting an aluminum bat right in the grill in seventh grade. Yeah, a couple things. I mean, yeah, you know, hey, hey, no, look towards the future, but I mean, you can look towards the future, future, future so much. At some point, you got to try and win now. And, um, you know, this team was going for first early, you know, a couple weeks ago. Now they were barely hung on to uh, to third place. So um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And yeah, we did have a couple lineup changes as well. But yes, Paul Stasny, it's all, you know, those one positive we can take from this team's one and nine stretch. Tonight, we were celebrating uh, Paul Stasny's career, uh, 1,000 games. The Jets putting out a commemorative logo on their Twitter account uh, featuring, you know, the numbers of all the teams that he's played for, spelling out 1,000. Uh, well done. I, uh, we tweeted from our account. Jets. Yeah, I thought that looked great. Yeah, Jets. At first, I was like, who who drew this? All the numbers are looking different. What, what's going on here? <laughs> and then I clicked on it. I was like, oh, I get it. Jets, Golden Knights, Blues, Avs. Oh, that's cool. And they all got, you know, the Jets and the Avs kind of have their own number fonts. And Blues and and uh, Golden Knights are, you know, just same thing, different colors. So I like that. But you said he got, you know, we're interesting... You know, we're learning a lot about Stasny. The teeth hit by the baseball bat. I know the Jets tweeted out Stasny's playlist. I think it had a lot of the Killers and Imagine Dragons. But also, he loves Taco Bell. And yes. He had, the- he had Taco Bell on his wedding night. <laughs> I thought that was and such a power move. He says he wants to have Taco Bell after the game. I'm sure it's open late. He could go to the Taco Bell. There's one down Portage. I would think that would be the one. Uh, you know what? It's closing at 10 right now. Is it? At, you know from experience that Taco Bell closes at 10? It's not open late? I can pretty much tell you the closing time of every fast food restaurant within about a five kilometer radius of, uh, <laughs> of the Gordon area. And, and you know what? It's been real tough through the pandemic. I mean, the Burger King is now, it's closing early. Um, you oh, know, no. I don't have a DQ close enough, and most of the DQs aren't open late. I mean, essentially, the minute you get past 10 or 11, you're basically talking McDonald's. Um, the Wendy's actually on pull, the pull apart Wendy's is open till one on um, Friday and Saturday yeah. for delivery, or sorry, for um, for drive through, uh, <laughs> but it's open closing at seven. So, anyways, we, but Win- yes, Taco Winnipeg, Bell um, and the KFC. Winnipeg late night eats is not. As elite as some other cities, is there, your options get very limited after. Well, ever since the sales, ever since the pandemic came and shut the sales at Pemberton and Stafford down from twenty four hours, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. been a huge, a, a huge hole in the late night uh, food scene. For those of us that yeah. often eat more late night than at normal times, like normal people, it's um, it's really impacted, uh, really impacted life stream. I I didn't know like when you want something late, um, your options are like pizza or. McDonald's, it seems like. That's your options in Winnipeg. So ta- Paul Stasny, maybe they can order Taco Bell before the game ends and have it waiting for him in the locker room, right? 
Uh, but split. Hus, besides Diet Pepsi, do you buy food? Um, <laughs> that's a valid question. And I mean, what's now your, that we're what's in your fridge right now, Hus? Let's uh, let's open it up. We're gonna we're gonna need content in the summer if the jets, you, you want to know what's if in? The jets get bounced. What's in a Hustler's ca- fridge? A, a case, a little brown jug, and. <laughs> Half of a pizza flight order last night from Boston oh, Pizza. Yeah, that's that's a company man right there. I di- well, you know what? I did I did it. I did it for the game. I figuring you know what this would be this would be perfect. I said yesterday on the program. I'm even more so. I kind of started this. You know, I'm going to do my best to support the restaurant industry through takeout and delivery. And I've really dove into that head first through the pandemic. Wow. Let's just say this. Good for um, you, so I figured we're going to do it every day this week, not unlike most of the other weeks. <laughs> uh, but we started off with BP last night, had some wings, had pizza flights, had the playoff pizza flight. Um, but I did get the Royal Hawaiian, which was absolutely amazing. Of course, the Boston pizzas right now um, are out and ready for delivery. And for takeout, unfortunately, no surprise here, no eat-in right now. But I want to support all our local restaurants. But, yeah, get those pizza flights. I still think that might be the best deal on the menu as well. Eighteen ninety-nine for those three mini pizzas, three different kinds, three dips. It was phenomenal. So get that. And speaking of Little Brown Jug, um, you know, I, we mentioned yesterday, if you're going to the bottle shops at any of the Canada Inns, grab yourself a pack of the 1919, scan the QR code, and you can win one of those sweet 1919 beer fridges. Remo was all about those. And when you're going in there, if you want a couple of newer beers from Little Brown Jug, check these out. This is the new Summer Lager. Had it on the weekend. It is phenomenal. Um, as well as had a couple of our listeners tweet back at us that they'd heard us talking about and picked it up. And then this is the Hefeweizen. Uh, another beautiful can and another very delicious summer beer. Um, so you can pick those up, LCs, bottle shops, liquor stores, beer shops, uh, wherever you buy your beer, pick up Little Brown Jug. And we'll have some more information on what they've got going on soon. But I did mention before that they've got home delivery. Um, so you can find out more at the website um, or give them a buzz. Um, find out more about that program. And, uh, you know, if you're in a position right now where you're pretty much at home like everybody else is, um, that knock on the door from Little Brown Jug just might, in fact, make your day and your weekend. Uh, find out more, littlebrownjug.ca. Um, Reem, uh, as far as tonight goes in the NHL, we'll hit cool bet lines a little later on, but really not too much going on tonight. I mean, you've got the Jets and Canucks uh, playing, and we've got a complete nothing game between Boston and Washington. And from the sounds of Bruce Cassidy's plans for the game tonight, it's essentially going to be uh, uh, they're going to play as few people as they can, um, as little minutes as they can. Basically, every regular in the lineup was thought to be considered to uh, have a seat for tonight's game. Yeah, I don't know. What, uh, I got to check what the line has moved. I didn't get on it or anything. But yeah, Boston basically resting everyone going with what the Providence Bruins lineup. I mean, the first line is going to be, according to Daily Faceoff, Jake DeBrusque, Jack Stednicka, and Zach Sensition. Uh, defense, first line defense, Jacobs, Borrell, and Connor Clifton. They're just saying, screw it, uh, we're arresting everyone. I mean, they've earned nice it. To see, nice to see that Sinitian and Zaboral both getting into the lineup. Those guys were, of course, two of the famous three 
first round picks in a row right beside right before Barzal went to the Islanders and, and Kyle Connor came to the and, Winnipeg Jets. And I think Shabbat uh, to the what wasn't Shabbat in there too? Uh crazy. The, those three picks will be always remembered. But um well, yeah, Washington now what my one point five? That's the odds? That seems that seems really um reasonable. For an NHL team versus an AHL team, right? Well, the thing is, what's Washington going to do? And we haven't entirely heard, but yeah, that was, well, okay, that's moved a lot. When I did the lock shop earlier this morning, it was minus 167, it's now minus 204. So uh, it seems like that number is uh, is dropping quite quickly. Ovechkin, he's been banged up too. We'll wait and see. We did. I know Scott's here, Radigan. We did have a couple things last night. Um, uh, Pekka Rene, go, what a, what a send-off for him. Getting a shutout in uh, what in their game in Vegas, beating Colorado, so they get first uh, in that division, Vegas, and they were dressing like what ten forwards and five D because of cap issues. So I thought for sure. No, wait, no. I think Colorado won. You know, I take that back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colorado Sorry. did win. Colorado, Colorado won. did win. Colorado won. Yeah, Vegas, but it was it was close. Vegas only dressed ten and five. So uh, Colorado won that game too. And my bad, my bad. I'm just sour because I took McKinnon over McDavid in DraftKings, and it didn't work out. <laughs> so they're still they're still trying to figure out uh, the West Division uh, title with Colorado winning. My bad. That was almost screwed that one up, us. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Come on, get straighten her out, Reem. Get ready for out. tonight. You know, it's only two games. Hard I, to mess up tonight. I'm a bit loopy from that from the <laughs> shot. I'm a bit loopy. I <laughs> I'm gonna blame that, it on that. That's right. We'll bring Remo back in in a little bit. Joe Yurden in Buffalo coming up a little bit later on. As always, uh, shout out to our friends at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? An incredible selection of vehicles, some luxury vehicles, great amount of Teslas, electric cars if you want to go that. Heck, Trevor Dot will even take your payment in Bitcoin if you want to go that way. If you're sitting on a bunch of Bitcoin and want to turn it into a vehicle, um, you can find out more as well during the pandemic. An incredible website. It's all there at not.ca. And they'll help you consign your vehicle if you're looking to move from one to another. A great service that's been very successful for so many of their customers. Not Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery, online at not.ca. And a shout out to the Nick and Nikki DQ group. And actually, I'll make it at the same time a happy anniversary belated to my folks who went out to the lake, grabbed some pizza on the way back in. Got a, uh, a little celebration cake from Nikki Nikki at DQ Northgate. What a great way to celebrate. I know there was lots of mom's cakes out there. Um, whatever the occasion, give Nick and Nikki a call. You can also order online through their Instagram at DQ Manitoba for all four Nick and Nikki locations, DQ Northgate, DQ Niverville, Polo Park, and Dairy Queen St. Anne's. And we thank Nick and Nikki for their support of the show. All right, let's get to some Jets talk with... The one and only Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. Scotty, how are you, my friend? Great to have you back on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'm good, man. How are you guys? Remus, you get your, your, your shot today? Uh, yesterday. He got it yesterday, right okay. after uh, after the show. It was supposed to be a little later, and then he managed to um, realize there were some open spots and went right awesome. in. Got right after. That's the plan, right, Scott? Listen, before That's we it. talk Go Jets, you're it. also the go-to guy for vaccines. Um, down to 24 today. And 24 today, yeah. And that's uh, been a huge change in the past couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, tw- 21 days since uh, 21 years, sorry, uh, drop since Friday. So yeah, massive. You know, uh, and I'll say one thing on this. You know, this weekend, past weekend sucked, and the last weekend sucked too. 
and and I think a lot of people will realize that, especially with you know a, a third kind of lockdown, I suppose you would call it during this. Yeah, you know, to me, the biggest thing um, for this was it was always going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, if, if you can sell the hope of the vaccination alongside of these restrictions, it will it will help soften the. It's not going to help small businesses. I know that's not what you know people that are shuttered, are, uh, you know, are, are going to. But but the more people that get vaccinated before, you know, the sooner the better. You know, the the quicker that these restrictions go away, the quicker there's a plan to reopen that sort of thing. So, you know, to see it drop 21 years is, it, it's important, right? Like that, that's a huge drop. We're down, you know, uh, like, like I said, 21 years from, from then. So I, I think it's just, it's, it's a massive, it, it's a massive boost, I think, to hope and, and confidence, you know, that, that, that this vaccination campaign is actually going to end by the time that they say it's going to get done. And, you know, right now they, they were targeting May 21st, right. As the day, um, and, uh, you know, now it's, you know, as the day that they would get to everybody 12 plus, I mean, we're at May 11th now, I'm just looking at the calendar and, you know, 10 days to go and they only got to drop it another 12 years. So, um, it, it looks like we're going to get there, might even get there beforehand. And, and that's, that's a big deal. So let me ask you this, uh, before we kind of dive into the jet stuff, yeah. because I mean, I know a lot of people, myself included, are you know, watching, you know, sitting at home, not able to do anything on the weekend. We throw on the Vegas Golden Knights, and they've got 7,500 people yeah. in the building. And Nashville just got approved for 12,000. And, and, I mean, these were the places that everyone around here was scoffing at, laughing. They're insane. Everyone's going to die. Oh, you know, yeah. it's a big disaster. And, like, really looking down upon them, they're somehow – pretty much back to normal. They're moving forward. We're where we're at. Is that simply because they've had way bigger uptake on vaccines or is there, is there more to it than that, Scott? I think, well, <laughs> I, I would delve a bit into the opinionated side of that. And it's one, you know, it's it, it a large part vaccinations, I would say, because they've done it quicker than we have. Right. So yeah, they had it worse. I mean, the U S has been the worst country throughout this pandemic. Maybe India is now getting up there in terms of you know, how many cases they're seeing there and then fortunate circumstances there. Um, but, you know, I, I think America always got the bad rap because it was it, it turned very political. It turned very much, you know, you know, we're not going to we don't we don't believe in this virus or whatever it was. Right. You know, a lot of things. But the vaccination, I think, you know, there's been a large uptick in, in their vaccinations. Um, you know, people getting them eligibility dropped to, into the 20s there long, long before we even got to today. Um, so I think that is part of it. You know, if you're vaccinated, um, you know, they're, they're moving quicker back to, you know, to normalcy. And I think that's important to see, I think, for a lot of people that I, I don't know how safe they are. I haven't kept a huge amount of tabs on, you know, how many cases are coming out of these events or if they're seeing any. I don't know if there's a lot of reporting even going on with that. I'd have to look. Um, but you know, to start to see fans back in the buildings and stuff like that. I mean, well, never mind the fans, Scott. We're I guess just, the question yeah. is just we're getting hammered by this third wave. Yeah. Where's the third well, wave down there? I mean, are they all well, immune because they all had it? <laughs> well, <laughs> that that could be part of it. Yeah, and 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 the other thing, part of it too, is just vaccinations, right? Like, and and maybe they are still turning a blind eye down there. I, I don't I don't know exactly everything, right? But um, I, I think vaccinations do help, and I think we've seen that here. Because even in midst our third wave, a lot of these cases aren't happening in the older populations that have been vaccinated. We're not seeing the PCHOs, the personal care home, sorry, outbreaks that we were seeing 
uh, in the second wave. We're not seeing a lot of that. Deaths are still down based on the number of cases. I mean, th- these are good things, right? I mean, you know, it's as much as it sucks that we're in this third wave and, and, and this has happened to us, like it's happened across the country. We're, we're seeing, you know, <clears throat> I suppose fewer instances of death so far and, and really the, the high risk populations of, you know, older folks um, have been largely vaccinated, especially in our personal care homes. Um, those people are, 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 are as safe as you can be against this. Um, and and that's that's a boon, I think, to a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, you know, nobody liked this weekend. Nobody liked last week. Friday was a tough day. Sunday was a tough day. Um, you know, I, I just I, I I see more hope now than I have, and I've I've been in this, and I know everybody's been in this. I I, I followed the numbers. I, I've reported on it almost every single day since it started. And this isn't. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just. You know, there's there was days during you know, especially in November, December, where it was tough. It was bleak. It was dark, right? Um, <clears throat> because there was no vaccination hope. You know, there you didn't have it. I mean, I got my vaccine now. Uh, Remo's got his. Hoss, do you have yours? Do yeah, you have your yeah. first shot yet? Yeah. I mean, I think that 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 spurs on the you know the hope, right? That that there's there is now a light at this end of the tunnel. I know that Rusin has said that, and a lot of people. Not a lot of people. People have kind of, you know, faith in, in government and stuff hasn't been great. Um, but I, 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 you know, from an, an objective standpoint, I, I see a hope and a light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I think that's, I think a lot of people do. These days of dropping the vaccine eligibility down is huge, I think, for a lot of people um, because that's what it does. It brings yeah. Kind of confidence, right? <laughs> so let me ask you this as we segue to the Jets, Scott. Um, uh, is there a light of the tunnel at the end of this tunnel for Winnipeg Jet fans right yeah. now? Because no vaccine one, right now for that. One, <laughs> no yeah. doubt about it. Um, although everything does reset to zero in a week, and that you know that's the reset. Yeah. Man, if we could have that for society, we'd be in a good spot. But um, yeah. listen, last night's game, I thought it was a very crummy start. They didn't really look ready to play. A yeah. couple big gaffes ended up in the back in the net. They're playing to catch up. Um, they did look better. They certainly had the energy. I thought they worked hard right now. But, man, I mean, you know, you're not winning a lot of games in the NHL, especially against the teams that they will have to play scoring yeah. one goal. I mean, what were your takeaways from last night's game before we get into tonight? Yeah, I'm not going to be selling a lot of hope here on, on, on when it comes to this, right? I mean, it's 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 not good, and, and I get it. Like, I, I get that they're trying. I don't, I don't believe the teams, you know, um, uh, quit on Maurice. I think you saw that. I mean, teams that quit on their coaches don't try and put up 40 shots or sorry, put up 40 shots in another team. Um, you know, I, 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 it's just whatever it is. I mean, as I, I wrote it down somewhere, I just don't have the paper with me, but there's a lot of guys. I mean, even though Kyle Connor scored one goal last night, he still only has one point in his last eight games. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois has one or two points in his last 10. Andrew Kopp, one in six or two in six. Something like that. So a lot of the guys that you were scoring earlier on in this season um, aren't aren't producing at the moment, right? And, and so I mean, there, there's a there's a huge confidence blow. I would suggest right now, it's tough to dig yourself out of a rut when you've lost nine in your last ten. And the game that you won was a four nothing blanking. That looks great on paper, but Calgary didn't show up in that game, right? Like Calgary was nowhere to be seen. Even Maurice said it, right? Like they didn't even get the chance to see what they wanted from Vili Heinla because. Calgary didn't show up. I mean, like it's just one of those things right now. It, it's it, it's bad right now. It is, and and you know, you would hope that tonight, you know, that 
if you're a fan and you know that this is Paul Stasny's 1,000th game, the emotion that they've they've struggled to manufacture during this this stretch of games that they can at least get up for a guy who's kind of been you know for a lot of these players especially you know back in 2017 18 and now this year you know a real kind of pillar for for some of the young guys to lean on even even the coaching staff you know guys because Paul Stasny is essentially a player coach right like i mean this is a guy who 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 you know he's a huge part of this leadership group in this team and so you would hope that they would come out and respond to at least that and and that would be perhaps maybe a catalyst to kind of getting these good vibes these these good feelings back that they, they're talking about going to the playoffs because, you know, you, you have two games left. You're running out or you have already run out of runway, right? You're already off onto the grass at the end of the runway and the plane still hasn't gone up in the air yet. And, and so, you know, you, you don't have a lot of time before the plane goes and crashes into the trees or the fence or, or whatever it is. Right. And, and so it, it's tough to sell hope right now. I mean, I, it, it is, I was on uh, with Kenny and Rennie after last night and it, it's, it's a tough thing, right? Fans want it to be positive, and, and you're trying to find the positives right now, and and it's difficult, you know. And and uh, you know, you don't want to be negative all the time, but it's t- it's hard not to be when you know there's very little right now. Um, kind of, <laughs> they, they've won once in that. ten games. Exactly, they won once right? in ten games. I mean, it's pretty hard to, yeah. to sugarcoat that. And listen, and I don't, I just don't see them. I, I don't know how you you. Uh, you just flip that switch in, you know, next week, whether it's Thursday they start or whenever, you know, the latest thing is on that. Um, I, it, 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 yes, I get it. It's a clean slate. Blake Wheeler has talked about that this week. But, it, you know, it, the clean slate needs to come with, you know, a, a renewed sense of urgency in this team then because it's not there right now. Well, I've been looking. I mean, I think we've all sort of been looking that for a while, and it seemed like it's been there. Even at times last night, it seemed like it was there, but, you know, there were limited results from yeah. it. Um, but, I mean, for te- so we've got the Canucks tonight, and then one game left with the Leafs. Um, it'll still be up in the air as to, depending on what happens tonight and tomorrow, I guess, with Vancouver, Edmond, uh, Montreal. If the Jets win tonight, they're booked in for third. That's that. Yeah. If they lose tonight and Montreal wins, um, then Montreal would actually jump over them and they'd need a point against the Leafs. Yeah. Um, like, well, I, I want to say there's not a lot at stake right now, but I mean, from Paul Maurice's perspective, I mean, he in fact said today he's not going to be coaching this game like a playoff game. And, yeah. you know, I guess I sort of get that. We've seen a couple interesting roster changes. I mean, yeah. is this just a matter of getting through these next couple of games and then, you know, hopefully doing exactly that, <laughs> cleaning the sheet yeah. and um, starting off from scratch and hope, hoping you can be better? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think part of it too is like you want, you know, more than anything, kind of its mojo. And if you can find your mojo in terms of, well, I know, but I do still think you need to win. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm change, I'm flip flopping my own head right now. It's like if you find your mojo, I think this team wins games, right? I, I think you beat Vancouver handily if you know how to play. You figure out your game again, right? Toronto may be a different story. But I don't think Toronto's going to be playing a lot of their, you know, their, their top name guys either. Why, why risk it? Especially, especially if you're Toronto, you're already locked in the first place. You aren't going anywhere. You don't care who you face. I mean, you know, you, you want to be healthy, right? You want to go into these playoffs with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and you know, Morgan O'Reilly or Morgan Riley and, and all these guys healthy, right? Um, so I, I, I think for the Jets, so it's different. You want to go into the playoffs 
with, 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 you know, win probably in your back pocket, but not just a win. You want, you want like a decisive win. Like you want it, like it, it, you want it, if you want to grind out games to do, and that's probably what they're going to need to do. Then, then yeah, like, you know, uh, then go out and grind that game out, play the way that you need to play. I think the Jets need to, to play the style of game in these last two games that, that is going to propel them um, uh, to, to, to uh, into the playoffs. And, and that's what they need to kind of find and, and harness before it, whether it comes to wins or losses, I think the wins come with it too, because I think winning breeds a good feeling, right? You know, it, let's see if the Jets felt that they played all right last night. I mean, Blake Wheeler says that it was a blah game. That's not the feeling you want to go into the playoffs after game 56 on Friday, right? Like you don't want Blake Wheeler coming out and say, oh, we played blah, blah, but you know, next week, you know, hopefully we're going to get her done. Well, you know, I think they need some, a couple wins here to get rid of that blah feeling, right? At least to, to manufacture something, even if it's, I don't know if, if it's superficial or not, but you, you need to get something to a point where you feel better about your game, your team, your confidence. And I think winning is the thing that kind of breeds all of those things. Yeah, a win would not be uh, – a win would be nice right now. I think, you know, not that it will make a big difference in the end, but um, I think it will probably make a lot of people people just maybe feel a little bit better, cool it down yeah. a little bit before we get to the playoffs. Um, now, you may have not seen or heard this. Just before we came onto the air, uh, it sounds like um, Kiprios was on with uh, Rod Peterson. Okay. And yeah. he tweeted this out, bad news for Jets fans. Real Kipper tells Rod Peterson show Nikolai Ehlers won't be ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, is that, I, I, I guess I was just going to say, was there any scuttlebutt about that amongst the media today? Was anybody talking about that? And, and I guess connected to that, you mentioned potentially Thursday. What do we know about when these North division playoff games will start? Uh, because the minute yeah. I saw that, I'm like the later, the better for yeah. the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard Thursday, um, but nothing's set in stone yet, I don't believe. But unless something's come out in the last, you know, an hour or so that I haven't seen, um, I've heard Thursday, which is kind of odd because you know, let's say, um, you know, the Jets play Friday. I think the last Northern game is I, I, I want to say it's Saturday, Vancouver, Calgary. Maybe I could For be the wrong teams on that. that are in, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think that's it, right? And and so it, you know, that'd be great. I mean, I think every team in this division would just like a few days to just kind of relax for a little bit, not relax, but like, you know, just get a little rest in, especially some of the nagging injuries now that are kind of piling up on, on some of these teams. I, I haven't heard that about Nick Ehlers. I mean, the, the, what, I mean, if that's just what he said now, then sure. Uh, I don't have any reason to not believe Nick Kiprios. He's been, you know, you know, a solid source on a lot of these things. I have many reasons not to want to believe Nick <laughs> Kiprios. I'll tell you that much. And, and I think that's it. I mean, I, you know, I asked this yesterday, I believe, um, about, you know, is he still, no, maybe two days ago, but if, he, if Nick Ehlers is still on the same timeline. And Maurice said yes, and, and obviously, you know, coaches aren't going to always tell you the truth. Um, so, you know, I think we're not going to really find this one out until probably game one because, you you know, coaches go into this playoff yeah. mode where they don't tell you anything, right? And and you can't try and keep the teams guessing. That said, I mean, uh, the injury is a suspected sh- shoulder injury, um, potentially a separated shoulder. It's one of those injuries that once it heals, um, it, it, it's healed, right? It, it's not uh, something that you have to kind of worry about going forward. The biggest thing is it's got to be healed before he can play again. Um, it, 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 you know, we've heard about guys playing with separated shoulders before. I, I don't know 
if that will be a case. I, I suspect it's on. But the thing, the other thing is, you know, we haven't seen Nikki leaders in in in, in practice. Um, we, we've seen him kind of out in a little bit of a skate. He's in non-contact and not taking shots yet, just yet. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's any alarm bells yet. I mean, again, Kiprios might know more than 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 we know at this point. Um, so if that's true, that it's obviously a, a bit of a blow. I, I wouldn't say a bit. It's a big blow not to have Nikolai Ehlers in your lineup because, I mean, you, you can see it over these games. They are missing his creativity. They're missing his zone entries, his zone exit. They're, you know, they're missing him on the power play. Um, you know, they just miss mm-hmm. Nikolai Ehlers. And so that, that would be a tough thing. And that's, again, if, if that is true and they know that internally, then, again, I think these games have an importance in terms of you need to find a way to produce offense without Nikolai Ehlers. And so if, if that's the case, then, um, yeah, these games have probably even more importance than, 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 they, you know, than they would normally have given the circumstances right now. I want to get to uh, the milestone 1,000th game for Paul yeah. Stastny with you in a second. But before that, one other thing about the lineup coming out of coach um, this morning. Yeah was two lineup changes, Billy Hainala coming out, Neil Pionk coming in. I was interested to see Dominic Toninato's making his Jets debut. I mean, is that just a, a reward to a guy that, you know, has been playing hard coming back? Certainly he was playing very well with the Moose. Um, yeah. Or is this the sign that, hey, you know what, this guy might be needed to play at some point in the playoffs and we'd like to have a game under his belt at some point if we actually need him? Yeah, and Paul Maurice said it, it, he wasn't throwing a carrot, which would imply that it, this isn't a reward for, you know, a quote-unquote good soldier. Um, <clears throat> he called it an opportunity for Toninato. What that means, I, I don't know right now, right? I mean, is it, you know, is he the guy that goes in if Jansen Harkins doesn't have a good game or Christian Veselainen doesn't have a good game or what? whoever plays on the fourth line? Is he, is he you know, additioning him if there's an injury up front? Is he... You know, a guy, if he, he can make his mark in this game and, and perhaps on Friday in, uh, against Toronto, you know, it seems like a really late in the season to start being additioning guys like Dominic Tannato and, and to get a good look at what he can actually do. But then again, you know, guys can take advantage and go from there. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the larger concern that I had today was, you know, why are you taking Billy Heinle out because he had the bad giveaway? You know, I, I still think that Billy Heinle does a lot more, and I asked Paul Maurice about Derek Forbert today and I know a lot of fans a lot of listeners people watching this will think well why is Derek Forbert in lineup he's obviously he's either dealing with an injury or he's just kind of gassing out after a you know a very condensed season um and and it's not working but Maurice you know made it very clear today that that Derek Forbert is needed in the lineup playing at his best if this team is going to win hockey games right so uh, to me, I, I would disagree. I, I think they could go with uh, Logan Stanley and, and uh, Billy Heinle and see how it goes. I, I don't know what this team has to lose at this point by, by doing that. Uh, at worst, these are to move in. At best, there's higher upside, especially for a guy like Billy Heinle. But I'm not. The hey, coach let me ask and, you this. Yeah. Let so. me ask you this, Scott, because this came up a little <clears throat> earlier when we were yeah. talking about Billy Heinle. Um, how much, if at all, um, do you think asset management and rolling his contract over plays yeah. into these games this week yeah. and whether we see him in the playoffs? Or is this I, just know, strictly a Maurice decision, whatever I, I he think thinks, win the yeah, game? I think it's strictly a Maurice decision, right? And, you know, I think he's still searching for his defensive pairings coming into the playoffs, right? That's part of the problem with this team is that, you know, it, 
there are issues on the back end that haven't been solved this year and they arguably haven't been solved in the last two seasons. Um, and, and so that, that, that is a little bit of, of, of you know, uh, it, it's, it, to me, it's a bit of a red flag. It is what it is. This is the, this is the way this team has been on defense. Um, so on track thing, I don't think, I, I think if Billy Heinle gave him the best chance to win, um, and I think he does at times that they, they would play him. Um, so maybe that, 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 that's kind of a counterpoint to what I'm saying, but I, I think that Paul Maurice feels that, you know, Stanley in the lineup and I, I think Logan Stanley played a great game last night. Um, and then I think he believes in Forbert. I, 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 I don't, you know, it, it's that veteran presence. It's the, <coughs> excuse me. It's that guy that played with, with, with Drew Doughty before. And, and like, I get those types of things. I don't agree with them, but, but this is kind of Paul Maurice's MO, right? So I, I think that's where we're at on it. All right. Scott Billick with us from the Winnipeg Sun, getting ready for the Jets and Vancouver Canucks tonight. Jets love one more game after this before the postseason against the Leafs later on this week. And we expect the North Division playoffs to begin uh, early to mid next week in the National Hockey League. But as we mentioned, um, you know, it's kind of nice to have another major topic for everyone to talk about other than winning one of 10 games. Um, and certainly Paul Stastny and what he's brought to yeah. Winnipeg um, has been huge for the organization. I mean, he was, I don't think without question, the most impactful trade deadline acquisition the Jets have ever had and what he did with the team in that 2018 run. And, yeah. you know, to get him back this season, I think, has made a big, big difference in a, a lot of ways. Um, but man, was it fun listening to him today um, yeah. talk, Scott, about you know his career, some of the funny stories. I'll give Marat, you know, and uh, the gang at the Athletic credit for a real yeah. fun piece where you know Taco they dug Bell. into things about his teeth. And yes, <clears throat> yeah. the love of Taco Bell. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I mean, and again, I like many people are trying to look for reasons right now to you know still maintain some confidence that this is not a lost season, and you know, you know, there's you know, hopefully you know, better hockey ahead and, you know, potentially some wins coming up. And I couldn't help yeah. but think that through all of this, it's maybe a good thing to be celebrating Paul Stastny and what he brings to the team because his sort of even keel leadership, dedication, commitment is exactly what I think the Winnipeg Jets need right now from every single player in that lineup. You know, and it's interesting that you say that, you know, honestly, Palmer, if the Jets do make a run in this postseason, you know, by some sort of you know miracle, um, at this point, I think you owe a lot of credit to Paul Stasny for coming out after that six-one loss to Edmonton and saying, you know, hey guys, like, and and I don't think he was just speaking to the media. I think he was, you know, he was out there speaking to his team too. For sure, here's a guy that came out and said, you know, hey, we've been playing like crap for the last 10, 15, or twenty games. And we got to figure it out now because, you know, back then there was what, you know, 12 games to go or something like that, you know, and, and maybe 10. But I, I think, you know, if the Jets do figure out a way to turn around, I think this is on Paul Stasny. And I think this speaks to who Paul Stasny is as a person, um, who he is as a, a teammate um, and who he is as a leader uh, on this team. And, and all of those things combined. I mean, if you've ever talked to Paul Stasny, if you've ever, you know, it, like he doesn't care who you are. He, you know, he gives you the time of day. Um, yeah, he loves to talk hockey. He loves to talk about the, the silly things like like Taco Bell or you know getting his face smashed in on multiple <laughs> occasions where he just has no teeth. 
I mean, grade seven from thing. an aluminum bat in the grill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've taken a baseball to the mouth and it sucks. And but I never lost any teeth on it. And I've taken a few pucks, but again, no teeth loss. I mean, he's been he's been you know essentially butchered at times. Um, you know, uh, basically what he's talking about, right? So. I, I think it's, you know, I think it just, it comes at a good time, right? Like we all knew this game was coming. Assuming he didn't get injured, it was going to come at the end of the season. We didn't know that it would come at this point, you know, in, in the midst of losing nine of 10, but it almost lightens the mood a little bit, right? And 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 again, maybe Paul Stasny is the catalyst, again, to changing the way that things are going with this team. We will see tonight what happens, obviously, um, how the Jets respond to that, how they also respond to how they've been playing. Um, but oh, policy, yeah, there it is. That's it. That's it. Um, it you know, it's incredible, right? I mean, how, and, and I think if you're in the guys are in the room, how do you not like go out and play for that guy? Like I said earlier on the show, like I, like I just, I don't know how you don't go and do it. And, and I think that's the, what's been so important for Paul Stasny back in 2018 um, because he was the guy that kind of like said, you know, he kind of bucked that trend of, you know, guys wouldn't waive their no trade clauses, right? And try, guys don't want to come to Winnipeg. Well, no, Paul Stasny said today, you know, as he's gotten older, he wants to go to the teams that are that, that he wants to win, right? It's uncomfortable as much as it is about going to the teams that give you the best chance to win. And and I think that's you know that's a good example I think to set for a lot of other players who are disgruntled in other places and and. You know, always think the grass is greener on the other side or whatever, or, or just want to be in, in a comfortable spot living on the beach in Tampa or whatever, right? Like, no, like, I mean, you know, some guys still truly want to win in this game. And I think Paul Stasny is one of those guys. And I think he chose Winnipeg then because he thought there were. I think he came back this year too because, you know, I, I think it was just, you know, he saw something in this team that they could do. Um, you know, they, they have the reigning Vesna winning goal, you know, the reigning Vesna winner. And they have quite the offensive prowess. The defense obviously has been, you know, again, suspect this year. But, again, I think Paul Stasny kind of embodies this organization, right? Even though he's only been here for a year and, you know, essentially three months that he had during that that, that time, the trade deadline. Like, he's kind of the quintessential Winnipeg Jet and want um, to kind of, uh, you know, exude, you know, what their 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 values and attributes are and, and so I think it's kind of fitting that it's here. I mean, you know, it's interesting. You'll probably see the stick tonight. I know they were laying out the, the presentation last night when I was wrapping up late in, in the rink. And so they're going to have something for him. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, y- y- if you're a fan, I think you kind of hope this night kind of, you know, just it, 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 it I don't want to say jarring, you know, because that, that has a negative connotation, but just has a, a, a positive impact on, you know, kind of where the team is at at the moment on the ice, at least. Scott, we're going to see Hellebuck back in net tonight. And yeah. um, I think we all know that if the Jets are going to do anything come yeah. round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, Connor Hellebuck is going to need to be the Vesna Trophy winning, game-stealing man between the pipes. Do you see him playing both of these games? Does it depend on tonight? Um, how do you think things will be yeah. handled when it comes to Hellebuck, um, you know, going through these final two games? Because we sure as hell know that barring any sort of injury, he's going to be the guy getting the call in game number one. Yeah, I think if the Jets know that the playoffs start on Thursday, then he's playing both games because, you know, you play Friday and then you essentially have a week off between games. And, and one thing we've all known about Connor Hellebuck and, and this team is they don't like to, to rest him longer than, you know, a couple days, right? They want to keep him going. Um, and, and, and so I think, 
I think Connor Hellbuck, uh, these games are needed for him too. Like I, I'm not pinning a lot of the goals on him even recently on him. He hasn't allowed in a lot of softies. I mean, you talk about some of the goals he let in in in, in the game against uh, Ottawa. I mean, two of them were deflection goals, and, and those are hard to say. But, but you know, to your point, Connor Hellebuck, if, if the Jets has to find a way to save those those shots, right? I mean, some of them are almost impossible. But, you, you know, Connor Hellebuck has made shots into saves at before. And so, yes, I mean, Connor Hellebuck needs to – I, you know, I, I hate saying to up his game because, I mean, this is the guy who won the Vezina last year by essentially dragging a team into the playoffs by himself on many nights. Um, but he has to do that. I mean, that's that's really it. I think he knows that. I mean, I, I, I don't think Connor Hellbuck is a guy that, that is unaware of the fact that a lot of this rides on him because even if the Jets do get their kind of you know defensive game in order over the two games, they're still going to either be playing Matthews and Marner or or McDavid and Dreisaitl. And and you're going to have to make those saves that you haven't maybe made in the past. When you got your foot on that one shot late in the game against Edmonton earlier in the season, but you didn't get your full pat on it. You didn't make the save and the Jets lost that game. Those are the saves that you're just going to have to make. It, it, it's unfortunate that he's in that situation. They don't have that kind of defense. You can kind of... That deal with, but the Jets also are going to have to figure out how to score again in these playoffs if they're going to want to win because you're going against two high-powered offensive teams. So Connor Mc, or Connor Connor McDavid Connor Hellebuck is going to have to be way. I don't want to say way. But he's going to have to be at his very very best during this playoffs. And it, and I think to answer your question, I think he probably does end up getting both games. Um, because I think it just that he needs to kind of get back into that rhythm. Um, obviously, he had a little bit of a you know a stinger on his blocker hand. Um, I think that's what kept him out last night. I don't think they're playing Eric Comrie as a backup. Um, you know, as 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 a, as a you know a nice thing to do, even though you know he had just been named the Masterton guy. I think they had to give Hellebuck a little bit of rest just in case he don't want that to turn into something. Obviously, he's now fine and playing tonight. Um, I think he needs his mojo back just as much as anybody else. Yeah, no doubt. And a win, I think, for the goaltender um, as yeah. much as anyone would be it would be big for him. Because I think yeah. the one thing that we know, um, Scott, about Connor Hellebuck, and, and it's always entertaining for those of us in the media and I think for fans that listen to him, is that he has no B, he is no BS filter. I mean, he right. comes and says exactly what he feels. And, you know, it's been interesting to hear, you know, the optimism from Hellebach over the last couple of weeks, you know, funny quotes as if, well, if the guys are saving their goals for the playoffs, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they sort of have been doing that. And you hope these are all self-fulfilling prophecies that come through. Um, <laughs> but when it comes back down to it, um, you're right. Hellebach's going to need to be brilliant. Yep. But, I mean, you can only be so good in net against teams like Edmonton and Toronto. Yeah. Again, it comes back to doing that, being better defensively, but it can't be at the complete expense of all offense. And unfortunately, that's sort of what it seemed like lately, albeit, yeah. you know, a lot of shots and a lot of, um, you know, some better quality scoring chances last night that you hope something can come out of it. How big is that goal for Kyle Connor? I mean, I know you said, I mean, to yeah. me, it was the goal. It was also the four shots. It was also the fact that he was just yeah. seemingly so much more involved and actually yeah. had opportunities because, 
I mean, he was basically at or less than a shot a game for the better yes. part of this losing streak. And yeah. that, to be honest, Scott, that number is as concerning as anything because, I mean, yeah. we know how much Kyle Connor is playing. We know who he is playing with. And, you know, unfortunately, if they're not getting anything from those guys, especially with Ehlers out, um, it's hard to wrap your hat around the, the path to victory if something like that doesn't change. Yeah, exactly. And and we know how lethal that Kyle Connor shot can be, right? I mean, that's a guy who can tuck it short side top cheese and, and he knows how to do that, right? He can lift the puck from the, 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 you know, the top of the crease and get it top cheese over a guy as well. This is a guy that is, you know, would have scored probably 40 goals last season, if not for COVID. Need that again. I mean, he's got 23 this year um, now after that, but he hadn't been scored. He hadn't been doing anything, no assists, nothing up until that goal. And like you said, kind of when you were talking there, uh, it, it was, you know, it wasn't just that though. It was just the shots weren't there. I mean, he wasn't getting the opportunities to even score goals. And, and so, I mean, there, there was a bit of confidence dip there, I think for, for Kyle Connor. He didn't want to talk about it on, on Sunday when I asked him about it, right? He had no interest in talking about it. You, you know, it's bothering a guy who is obviously paid to do that, but also just knows that he can do that. I mean, nobody's going to argue the fact that Kyle Connor. Um, you know, it, it is just a, a flash in the pan. I mean, this guy has scored, you know, 30 goals now, I think, well, other than this year, I think for the last two or two or three seasons, um, or been at least close to that. I mean, this guy can score goals. And yes, if Nikolai Ehlers is out um, to start the playoffs, they need him showing up. But they also need Mark Scheife and Blake, but that line has to be unbelievable. I mean, we, 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 they talk about, you know, he kind of almost having to play a perfect game. And it is true, right? Like, you know, if they need, it can't be just one line going every night. They need at least two, maybe three lines even putting the pressure on because you have to wear down the other team at the same time. If you can get the body on McDavid or on Matthews and Marner, I mean, you, you there is a blueprint to beating these guys, and we've seen it. You know, you can keep McDavid um, sort of off the score sheet um, by, you know, getting the body on him and doing those types of things, right? making it difficult for him, uh, you know, it, it, he's tough. He's staying out of the dude. box. <laughs> exactly. Staying out of the box. That's it. Because it, you you take a penalty, right? He's playing all two minutes. He's <laughs> playing all two minutes. They don't care. He doesn't care. He's playing all two minutes and everybody knows it. So, you know, it's a lot of, yeah, like you have to essentially play a very disciplined game, um, especially when with him. It's hard, right? Because he go blows by you and your first instinct, you know, I, I mean, we all, playoff by you the first instinct is just to kind of slow him down and slowing him down often leads to a penalty with that guy because you're you're sticking a stick out or foot or whatever it is right um or he's blowing by you without the puck and you try and check him and it's an interference call it's difficult to play against that guy but that can't be that can't just be oh it, that sucks i mean this guy's too good no you got to figure out a way to contain him and so yeah i, I think a part of containing him too is scoring because if you're scoring you're playing in the offensive zone you're limiting, you know, McDavid's time in the offensive zone. Um, that's going to be a huge thing if that's the playoff series. Um, no so we'll see. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough one, obviously. I mean, it, it's not easy. Nobody's nobody's saying, but winning the Stanley Cup is not easy. And moving on, winning a playoff round is not easy. Um, no. So, I mean, maybe the Jets will be, well, they're obviously the underdogs. Maybe that will play against them. There is a lot of pressure on Toronto and a lot of pressure on Edmonton for those teams teams to move on a guy like David and Dreisaitl or Matthews and Marner and how those teams and especially Toronto has loaded up so I mean maybe the Jets can play and riff on that a little bit 
but I think I'll still think it doesn't matter if they don't have their game right. They need to have yeah, their game right. Nothing coming easy right now for the <clears throat> Winnipeg Jets. And, um, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, a couple guys can score over these next couple games and start feeling it going into next week. There will be a break, but um, we pretty much know the way things are looking right now. You got six more periods of hockey to try to start feeling a bit better about your game. Um, and then none of that matters. And you get ready for a Herculean challenge going up against, you know, yeah. To the one of the, well, if not the best player in the world, certainly a guy that is uh, right there at the uh, at the top of the goal scoring leaders with an incredible season of his own. Scott, great stuff, man! Thanks so much for doing this as always. Oh, I can still hear you, absolutely. <laughs> hey, this is beautiful. Hopefully, we can catch up next week, right around the start of the playoffs. Always appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, check check out his work in. The Winnipeg Sun, that is Scott Billick. Now, um, we're going to head to Buffalo in just a second and talk with our pal Joe Yurden um, to get the latest on the Jack Eichel situation. Just heading in there, uh, we are now six days away from opening day at Assiniboia Downs next Monday, May 17th. Unfortunately, without fans, we'll be back to live racing on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday schedule. It was so successful last year for them through the pandemic. With the incredible reach of the broadcast, they'll have huge wagering pools as we had last year. Um, and you can bet at it all by using the hpibet.com website, signing up not just for Assiniboia Downs, being able to bet all around the world on horse racing. Remo and I, starting next week, we'll have some daily picks. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have Darren Dunn coming on for the beginning of the season. But again, you get ready. Mark it down in your calendar, May 17th, 7.20 parade to post for the first time this year year and a big shout out to our friends at royal sports as everyone is dealing with another lockdown right now the one thing you can do safely is get outside um you know whether you're kicking around a soccer ball with someone in your household playing a bit of catch um or maybe trying out disc golf like we've been talking about they've got all the equipment to get you set to get outside and make the most of this time uh, that we're dealing with right now. Of course, they've got an incredible selection of bikes coming in weekly as well, despite a worldwide bicycle shortage. So head on down Royal Sports 650 Rally in EK or the Superstore 750 Pembina Highway. I guarantee you one stop to Royal will take care of all of your needs and you will be set for spring and set for summer. All right, let's welcome in my guy, Joe Yurden in Buffalo. Joe, great to talk to you again, man. How's things? Things are well, Huss. Well, at least, uh, at least uh, not not hockey related things are well. I guess everything else is beautiful and sunny in Buffalo, but it's uh it's that permanent black cloud hanging over the Key Bank Center. Oh, uh, are Sabres fans happy? Just happy that it's over again? <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean, I think they've been happy that it's been over for a while. <laughs> I know. I I put up a poll a, f- a few days ago. You know, before the last game of the season, saying. You know, are you happy it's over? Or you, you know, were were you, you know, were you done with them? You know, three months ago, and I think most everybody now said three months ago I was I was about done with this team. So yeah, it's uh, I think everybody's happy it's it's done it out of the way. Well, hey, it was nice to see them. You know, got out some wins down the stretch, and you know, just for the players. I mean, you couldn't help but feel terrible for them and what they were going through this mm-hmm. year. Um, but let's face it, the huge story yesterday, not just in Buffalo but around the National Hockey League, was Jack Eichel's end of season media availability um that was icy my friend um what was let let me ask you this and you know he talked about needing to look out for Jack Eichel first he mentioned that there was a disconnect between the he and the team about the treatment for his injury 
um, and then talked about wanting to play next year wherever that may be. What was the reaction amongst you and the Buffalo media um, as to what Jack had to say? Were you caught off guard by just how straight, you know, upfront he was about where he's at right now? Or um, have you been following along enough to think that considering the situation, that was pretty much what we should have expected? Well, I, I this was something where you knew something was off um, concerning the injury because, uh, you know, from the moment he was put on IR and 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 out of play and uh, there wasn't really a lot of discussion, you know, about, you know, his progress, you know, how things were going along, what it what had actually happened. I, there wasn't much discussion of that at all. And until things started getting into the crazy rumor uh, mill around the city uh, where, you know, people were getting, you know, messages on Facebook where, Hey, I heard, you know, Johnny heard that Bobby heard that, that Susie heard that Jack. Oh, that happens in Buffalo too. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's wild how that turns, it turns out in, in some of these smaller cities. eh? And, um, it was it become a bit of a Ferris Bueller kind of setup where where you know you just start you just start hearing about you know Jack was at thirty one flavors and he was he was trying to he was trying to you know turn the place over and uh, instead it's instead it was a thing where you know it, it took all that to come up for the team to finally say all right here's here's the issue here's the you know here's what's going on and you know he's done for the year and you know when we find out yesterday that it was that you know that it's a net you know that's fully a neck injury that he's dealing with which is serious i mean let's be serious you know let's be real here a, a neck injury is nothing to mess around with and um the fact that there's a difference of opinion of of how they want to do it you know jack had you know jack went for a second opinion uh based on what the sabers doctors had found and you know apparently he wants to get it worked on and the team is is hesitant or you know just flat out doesn't want him to do it that way it's a bad scene. It's a really bad scene. And, you know, in Jack's case, like he wants to do what's best for him. And honestly, if I had a neck injury and somebody was telling me like, just work it out and it'll be fine. I might be a lot hesitant about that because it's my freaking neck, you know, <laughs> like it, you, you want to play hockey at full speed and, you know, freak things can happen. And if I'm going out there with any sort of like neck issue, is my head going to be in the game? you know, with that in the back of my, in the back of my mind, life changing stuff, man. I mean, if you don't get that taken care of properly and the fact that there would be a major difference of opinion, I think is concerning right from the get go about what Mm -hmm. is the issue with the injury and, you know, how that can be the case. You would think that both the player and the organization would have the exact same goal. And that's to get the player back to a hundred percent and in the, uh, in the lineup. And you wonder where that difference of opinion is. Um, What's the consensus? I mean, when you talk to, you know, the other guys that, you know, are in yourself, obviously following the Buffalo Sabres every day, what is the feeling on Jack Eichel's future in Buffalo? Is it bleak? Is it highly unlikely that he's back right now? Or is this one of those things that it sounded bad right now, but they still do have him signed for a long time. This will work itself out and we'll see Jack Eichel centering the Sabres at the opening faceoff next year. Uh, it's bleak. It's very bleak, uh, given the way Jack sounded yesterday and and some of the details that came forth uh, in in what Elliot Friedman had reported uh, today in his in his column. Uh, this seems really bad uh, between the team and the player. This seems like the kind of thing that uh, it it seems like a reconcilable differences uh, where th- this just seems done because you know Jack's very worried about his future of being able to play hockey and his own health. 
the, you know, the way he describes it. So that to me says, why wouldn't you take care of the guy that you've got signed for, you know, five, five more years at $10 million a pop. That sounds to me like that would be a a no brainer for the team to say, yeah, you do what you need to do, get it taken care of. Uh, We support you and, you know, we'll do what's best. Uh, Instead you're going, you're battling, not necessarily tooth and nail, but you're not agreeing to what he wants to get done. And, you know, that kind of, that kind of disarray is just not, that's not helpful for anybody because if you consider that, you know, if, if they, if Buffalo holds steady and says, you know, listen, we're not going to let you do that. And Jack says, okay, well time to trade me. And then they say, well, we're not going to trade you. You know, you're with us for the, you know, for the next five years, as far as we're concerned. Okay. Well, uh, you're not going to get the best out of me at all because I'm going to be too busy worrying about my neck. And, you know, if I decide to, you know, if you guys, continue to you know hold hold me off from getting this done it's going to drag this whole thing out so this is just it's all kinds of bad and this is the kind of thing where it seems very difficult to come back from uh what between the player and the team now, i'm not saying it's it's totally done but i mean i i think i i think i just said in another interview <laughs> i give it about a two percent chance that he'll be back in buffalo next season so i mean this is it's bad. It's bad, man. It, it was hard to take anything else from those comments yesterday. Now, um, I guess they'll figure out whether Don Granado is going to stay on and be the permanent head coach or what they're going to do at the coaching level. Mm-hmm. Kevin Adams is still the GM, was still one of the you know, biggest head scratchers when they made that move during the pandemic, moving him into a job without any experience from a business side of things working for the Pagulas. Um, I guess the question is, Joe, I mean... Trading Jack Eichel is a franchise-altering decision. Mm-hmm. They they went through a lot to guarantee themselves no worse than second pick in that draft, as you will as you will recall. Mm-hmm. It was ugly. Um, hopes were way higher for Buffalo, but if they trade him, is the confidence there that Kevin Adams is the guy to maximize the value for a franchise player like Jack? I think they, I think they're forced to have confidence in that. And I, you know, I, and I'm not going to be conspiracy theorying this here, but this is probably a good reason why it's nice to have Peter Carmanos uh, along for the ride in Buffalo now to, to kind of help this out. You know, somebody who's got a little bit more experience in, in the, you know, the, the ins and outs of dealing with the NHL, you know, other NHL executives and how teams do things. I think that that will help out Adams a lot, but, this is, you know, I, I think when we talked before the season began, I said I wasn't envious of of being in Kevin Adams' shoes of trying to, Ooh, trying to steer the ship. Definitely not. Definitely not. And this is way worse because you're talking about a fan base that is that is already mentally checked out on this team. And, you know, the Bills' success has some part of that because you can just say, well, the football team's great. If the, if the hockey team's great, too. Cool. That's that's the perfect world. But uh, but more people were were so excited by what happened with the Bills that when when it's time for the Sabers, people are like, oh yeah, these guys. Okay, well let's see what happens. <laughs> and now you're talking about a rebuild that's been going on for six years. You know, uh, six seven years now since you basically since you drafted Sam Reinhardt uh, was really when it began. And, and I mean, and he didn't sound like he wanted to stick around much longer either uh, yesterday. So you're talking about tearing down a rebuild that never got off the ground and starting brand new again, which, I mean, I, I guess if you burn down a forest that only has saplings in it, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. <laughs> but there's still ashes everywhere and you can't, you know, 
you, you're not going to have any fans to come back to here. And not to mention the other business possibilities out there. Like if you're a big time sponsor of this team and you're, you're given, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Sabres because you want to be on the broadcast or you want to have your names on the boards or whatever, you take out Eichel, you take out Reinhardt, you take out all these guys and you're starting over again with a but you know, with Dylan cousins and, you know, 19 other dudes. Well, here, let really, me ask you Do you this really want to be paying for you know, advertisement <laughs> on there? It's Nobody's going to see it. No, um, I do not envy the guys in the corporate sales department right now, no. Buffalo, that are getting ready for next season. Um, so from a, from a hockey perspective, and I guess an organizational perspective, what like, what do they need to get back in a Jack Eichel trade that to make it make sense for the Buffalo Sabres to actually pull the trigger on it right now? I mean, you don't want to trade a dollar for four quarters. I mean, we've seen no. that beforehand. I and mean, look at the Ryan mm-hmm. O'Reilly trade and what that did for St. Louis and what that did for Buffalo. A mm-hmm. perfect example of that sort of thing. Um, you know, what What would the ask be? What would it take to get it done? Because I can tell you right now, uh, in every market in the NHL that is not in the playoffs today, all they're talking about is what we could do to get Jack Eichel out of Buffalo. I've heard it in Edmonton today, and they're in the playoffs. Calgary, right. that was all they were talking about earlier, and I imagine that's happening as well in a lot of other spots. What makes sense for Buffalo? Well, I tell you what, if if it's Calgary, you know, A, you're going to really probably make Jack mad. <laughs> you're probably not going to make Jack very happy by sending him sending him to the, to the Canadian Rockies. Uh, but if how, you're How about the Prairies? <laughs> How about the prairies? He'd look good in the jet jersey, Joe. You know, well, that I, would be, uh, you know, he'd you look really that? sharp. I think he'd look. I think he'd look great in that. But you know, I I think that was a that was a path the uh, the Sabers and Jets should have gone down a few years ago when there was a rumored Ristolainen for Ehlers deal that was out there, and you know when everybody was mad at Ehlers for not being able to score in the playoffs, and uh, boy, that would have looked really well, bad. Jets need to get Eichel to play with Ehlers. So yes, um, <laughs> I, the, at the end of the day, though, you know what's funny, and again, you know, Jets have playoffs going forward, but I mean, if they were in a in a, in a position to make a significant um, roster shakeup, and there was the potential of doing that, I mean, if I'm Kevin Adams, I'm not trading Jack Eichel. If I'm not getting a legit number one center back, mm-hmm. as well as some other pieces, you know, to hopefully help the rebuild, and. To be perfectly honest, and I'm this is just more a fun sports talk conversation right now when we're talking about players and contracts. I mean, Mark Shifley's got one of the, you know, most team-friendly contracts in the league at just over $6 million. Um, he signed for another three seasons. Um, like if I'm if I'm Kevin Adams, or and frankly, if I'm the Pagulas. I'm looking for a player like that to be sort of the starting point of a package for Jack Eichel. Yeah, no, and that that would be a shame for Jack if he got traded to Winnipeg and Shifley wasn't there. Jack loves Shifley. He he loves the way he plays. He's he's complimented he's complimented his play before. So that would that would be a huge bummer for Jack to go there and not have Shifley be like his number his number two center. But uh, but you're right that the kind of package you need like if if he sent if you're sending him to Calgary, I want Matthew Kachuk at least. Uh, in that deal, like, and I know Calgary wouldn't want to give him up. Their idea would be well, Kachuk here's the and, thing about and Kachuk. Playing. Here's the thing about Kachuk that would be so dangerous for a, a team like Buffalo is that Kachuk signed a three-year deal at seven million a year. Mm-hmm. The last year is nine million bucks, so he has to be qualified at nine million dollars just to maintain his rights, and then you got to figure out a long-term extension. 
And if he doesn't like it, he says, no problem. I'll just sign the qualifying offer, make $9 million, and be a free agent end of the year. at the end of the year. Um, they just signed a guy to a big money deal on one year, knowing he was unrestricted free agent at the end. And, well, Taylor Hall's now in, in Boston. So, I mean, to me, if you're talking about Calgary, I mean, maybe you want the opportunity to do that with Kachuk. But, I mean, I don't know how you even consider doing that without getting Elias Lindholm back, who's probably more along yeah. the Shifley lines of, you know, a productive player, maybe not quite at the level of Eichel at his best, but comes with some term and a relatively team-friendly contract, which I think would be important for the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, I, I, I think if your package is, is Lindholm and Kachuk, then I think that's, that's a really high up one that you say yes to. Um, because that, I mean, you're, I mean, yeah, you got your risk with Kachuk, but I don't know, maybe work out a deal with him before his contract's up, maybe get him extended before <laughs> anything goes, goes haywire again. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, they haven't done it. The only guy they did it with here in Buffalo was Eichel. And you know, that's, that's gone sideways. They never did it with Reinhardt and now he's ready to walk out the door. So, you know, it's stupid as a stupid does as, as Forrest Gump would say, but, uh, but I mean, if you're talking about shipping them to the West, I mean, I immediately look at teams like Anaheim or LA, uh, as as possible teams, I mean, LA LA's got the prospects to make it work. Uh, I think if you if you start a package with Byfield and Turcotte and, and a first, yeah, I, I think I think you do that. I mean, it's really young and you're gonna have to wait, but if you're already rebuilding, well, you've already got two centers to make it work. And you know, same thing for a team like Anaheim. I don't think they would give up uh, a guy like Drysdale, but if you're giving them Jack Eichel, I think your your package starts with Drysdale or maybe Zegras. And you say, okay, let's let's go from here and build out. I, I know, you know, Anna or Buffalo would love to get their hands on John Gibson, but like, what team wouldn't? I don't imagine that Anaheim would want to give up John Gibson in a trade, even even for Jack. But if I think if Gibson's on the table, that's that's one where you say, I think if you're Anaheim, you bite the bullet and you say, okay, all right, but we got to find a goal. Or, you know, issue two is get a goalie now to to make this work. Well, I got to tell you, Joe, um, we always love talking puck with you on this program and over the years here in Winnipeg. And I have a feeling we'll be having a few more conversations on this very topic (laughs) as we go forward. Hey, listen, before I let you go, um, you've been spending a lot of time watching the East and it was a real top heavy division. It was weird. The Islanders were first. They were so good all year long. They kind of pulled a bit of a Jets and kind of stumbled into the playoffs. They're at fourth. Pittsburgh Islanders and then Washington Boston. What mm-hmm. do you think about those two series? And if you had to pick a team to come out of that into the final four, who's your pick in the East? Well, I tell you, Pittsburgh Islanders, if this had happened a month ago, would be a knockdown drag out series. I, I think the way the Pens are playing right now is just dynamite. And the Isles, well, I mean, listen, I had a front row seat to watching Michael Hauser win his first NHL game and his first NHL start against the Islanders. And they didn't look very good the next night against Buffalo either, allowing Hauser to go 2-0 and to start his career. Uh, so I'm not really feeling it on the Islanders. I mean, yeah, things can snap out of it. And the playoff style is certainly more more in line for the way Barry Trotz uh, coaches up his team. So I'm going to be really interested in that one, but I think Pittsburgh rolls. Washington Boston's going to be a war. Uh, but I think the health for Washington is the big question. I mean, if Ovi, I mean, Ovi's going to want to be ready to go no matter what, but I, I'm worried about him there. I mean, Oshie's been playing fantastic uh, hockey lately, and Kuznetsov really needs to kind of snap out of it and, and catch a hot streak here. Um, but I, I think a, a Boston-Pittsburgh Conference or uh, division final seems seems the way to go, 
And, you know, I have been picking against Pittsburgh all season long. I didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs, but geez, they're making me look really stupid. So I feel like I have to pick Pittsburgh <laughs> to come out of it just so that I, that, so that I can correct things going the other direction. They've been playing awesome hockey and, and adding Jeff Carter to that team. That's exactly what they needed. Now Malkin's back. Like it's really tough to hate on how Pittsburgh's doing. And Mike Sullivan's one unbelievable coach. Yeah, Crosby's had an amazing season as well. Yeah, very. You even know, mentioned like, Crosby. Well, we focus so much on you know Connor McDavid and his brilliance and the goals that Austin Matthews scoring. And heck, those of us here, I mean, the North Division has been like its own league. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been challenging. I mean, if you're a casual fan and you're just throwing on, I mean, you'll get the highlights of the other American games. But I mean, the focus has all been on the Canadian teams. It's been just such a such a weird weird year. No matter what market you've been in. Um, some markets a little bit more fun for the fans than others, and unfortunately, the very loyal members of the Sabres tribe have been disappointed yet again. But there will be a draft lottery coming up. There'll be lots of talk about Jack Eichel going forward, and uh, no shortage of things for you and the rest of the gang there in Buffalo to talk about before we get to Bill season, Joe. Yeah, it's uh, got to be an exciting summer for all the wrong reasons uh, for the Sabres because nobody wants to be in the lottery again, and certainly nobody wants to be dealing Eichel and Reinhardt, but that feels like that's what's going to happen here eventually. Hey, pal, thanks so much for doing this. Great to talk to you again, and uh, let's catch up soon, hopefully during the playoffs. Yeah, it'd be great to do that, Huss. Always a good time. Great stuff. Give him a follow on Twitter if you haven't already. That is our pal Joe Yurden. Long-time reporter covering the Buffalo Sabres. So, great stuff with Joe. Lots of good talk with Scott Billick. We've got a game tonight. Jets and the Vancouver Canucks. Two more games in the regular season. Finish it up against the Leafs going into the weekend. And then the playoffs will begin next week. Um, We will get to the cool bet lines in just a minute. And I will tell you, speaking of cool bet, check out the lock shop today. Um, Dustin Nielsen and I did it about an hour or so before we came on the air with Winnipeg Sports Talk today. Uh, we broke down a little bit of talk, Jets, Oilers, talked about some baseball for tonight and got into the golf picks. And of course, when we're talking golf, we're always doing it for Breezy Ben. Shout out to the Breezy Ben Monday putter team. Got some friends on there. Had a great, great start to the defense of their championship to begin the season. So great to hear that from those guys. Um, and, of course, find out more at Breezy Bend at breezybend.ca. Uh, DJ, out of the Byron Nelson. I think he had too much fun on the weekend. He's decided that he will not be playing. It switched the odds a little bit. Earlier today when we did the lock shop, it was 9-1 to one for the two favorites, down from 10, now down to plus 850. Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm are the top favorites for the event you got dustin or jordan spieth excuse me 12 to 1 burger 18 matthew fitzpatrick 20 scotty scheffler 20 and then i'm taking a good look at brooks kepka and will zalatoris right now at 25 to 1 kind of like those numbers but we've seen a lot of long shot winners in this tournament before so maybe you go a little further down all the picks check out lock shop and as far as the cool bet lines We've only got two games in the National Hockey League tonight. We talked about Washington and Boston. Nobody's dressing for Boston, so the Caps have become a huge favorite at minus 204. And the Winnipeg Jets are a heavy favorite with Connor Hellebuck coming back into the net, minus 192 for the Canucks or for the Winnipeg Jets over the Vancouver Canucks. 
That game tomorrow, that is still key to this playoff race, depending on what happens tonight. Edmonton and Montreal right now scheduled as a pick I think some questions as to how the Oilers will handle that final game of the season. And will there even be anything to play for based on what happens in tonight's Winnipeg and Vancouver game? Let's get Remus back in here. Remo, good stuff with Scott. Good stuff with Joe, as always. Um, the chat seems to have been active throughout this afternoon. Yeah, everyone's having a fun time uh, in there. A lot of uh, great Jets discussion, as always, just speculating. I think some people, you know, moving on to the off season and what's going on, just the way things uh, are going. Um, speaking of the off season, I did see, get the alert on my app that Frank Cervelli has his uh, free agent frenzy hot list. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's called the hot list. The top 30. Of what's it called? Who knows? You know they got the trade bait list. It's just free. <laughs> Dougie Hamilton, number one, right defenseman. So you have to think the Jets would be oh, interested. And I was just how good would he look on the Jets? Yeah, oh, they, man. that's definitely the type of guy that they need. But as far as defensemen go, I mean it's kind of thin. Like Tyson Berry, I think he's had a, you know found a nice fit in Edmonton. I don't know if he's the type of guy. I mean they need a uh, a shutdown. D. Alec Martinez. I think would be a good fit. Your guy. That's my you guy. You love that guy. <laughs> but um, he's 34, so, but I mean, that's kind of how old you are when you get to free agency. But he has experience, um, you know, cup champion with the Kings. And another one, the next D, Adam Larson, Mr. One for One. That's the next defenseman. And then you keep going down the list, Jamie Alexiak. And Mr. One for One, I just love that. That's his name, Mr. One. For, no, I, I know. Yeah, it is. What are you? That's you what coined it. It's a perfect nickname. And the minute you say it, I know exactly what you're talking about, which is but, why it's great. But I mean, it says something about him. You know, we can joke at the name Mr. One for One, but he's number thirteen on this list. So obviously, he's an effective uh, defenseman. But he will. Where's always... Taylor Hall on that list? Is he over or under thirteen? Taylor Hall. Oh, he's number three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Taylor's number three. But um, the other defense is Jamie Alexiak. I think he's, I had 18, 20, number Well, that was 20. the guy that they were yes. so horny for at the, the deadline and just couldn't manage to close the deal, unfortunately. Um, certainly, it would have been great to get Alexiak here, but it didn't happen. Jordy Ben's here. He'll be in the lineup tonight, along with Logan Stanley mm-hmm. for the Winnipeg Jets. I have to ask you this. And I've seen a number of people coming off the conversation with Joe Yurden on Jack Eichel's situation. Where do you stand on Jack Eichel? And if he were available in the offseason, Remus, how aggressive would you be if you're Kevin Sheveldayoff? Um, or is that just not a fit for the Winnipeg Jets considering a $10 million sticker price on a guy that probably, as Joe said, wouldn't be too fired up to come to Winnipeg with five years left on his deal. Yeah, I don't... I mean, he's a great player. I think he's obviously had a down year because of injuries, but he's up there with the uh, NHL elites. I think if you're the Jets, you already have Shifley and Dubois, so you'd probably... Well, you're not get. You're not... Yeah, you're one of those guys is going, uh, going. to start the package. So, and again, I'm not sure which one would be more attractive. Probably Shifley because, you know, the numbers that he puts up, the contract... The only three more years. The thing with the Dubois chip is the fact that, you know, he's still 
a restricted free agent. And presumably you'd be able to get through that and then sign a long-term deal, which might keep the player as a member of the organization for a longer time. But it's starting with one of those two players, and then there's going to be more stuff added. Yeah. Um, I'm fascinated about this Eichel situation because I've, I'm a huge fan of his. I thought that he was definitely a contender for the Hart Trophy last season with the way that he played. It was really a one-man show. Um, and when it, wherever he ends up, assuming that he is traded, um, you know, he'll also have a lot to prove because whatever team gets Jack Eichel is going to have to give up a King's ransom, you would imagine. Who knows? Maybe this is a great thing for Buffalo because, you know, with a player of Eichel's level, there will be a ton of suitors right now. The no trade clause hasn't kicked in. Buffalo's got to do what's best for themselves right now. Um, but man, a lot of pressure on Kevin Adams to do the right deal because, Wow, they've had so many missteps so far. You'd think that, you know, making a bad decision with a bad return on a Jack Eichel trade puts you even further back, if that's possible, for where the Sabres are right now. Yeah, look at the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Uh, got a number of players, didn't help. And uh, Ryan O'Reilly became, what, wasn't he the consummate, or was Bennington the consummate winner? Either way, uh, Stanley Cup champion and number one center on that team for Ryan O'Reilly after that trade. Yeah, that one did not work out well for the uh, <laughs> for the Buffalo Sabres. There's no doubt about that. Uh, what, how are you feeling about this game tonight? I mean, I talked with Billy yeah. quite a bit about, you know, well, hey, what what are we looking for? What I mean, does it matter to you? Are we still in the libel? Um, the like, where, listen, we're not going to learn anything about the club. Beforehand. I think libels libels takes expired. He said they're not going to learn anything. They they got way worse since he said that. And I had been saying that there's nothing to worry. Yes, about, but so. that but his point his point would be is like that doesn't matter. Uh, that you know we still haven't learned anything. We've learned that they finished the season poorly, but there's no effect on the playoffs. That I think is what that take was. I'm not sure whether I'm totally yeah. there with it. It has been concerning if you watched all these games, but at the same time, we know the team can be way better. And to be honest, none of this, you know, tonight's performance, Friday's performance is actually not going to matter once they get to it next week. The concern is that they won't be able to be better. And that, I think, is the concern of any Jet fan that's been watching this club kind of struggle for the last three weeks. Yeah, we said last night, or said yesterday on the show, you know, the Jets are a pretty serious home favorite for a team that hasn't won in or won once in nine games. And they, they lost. So if you were on Vancouver as the underdog against a heavily favored Jets team, you did well. Well, Jets J- 280 makes a great point. What? The boys got to get the win yeah. for Stasny tonight. They're, they're favored, again, my, uh, minus 170 is the current number that I have, whatever. It might be different, but they're big favorites, and they've won once in the last 10 games. I don't know how you can be that big of a favorite, but they do have Stasny 1000. I saw Ehlers posting it on Instagram. Uh, he was on this program saying he's the smartest player he's played against. I think they get it. I don't think you lose back to back at home against Vancouver. Hope he's starting. It's not Demko. You know, those chances maybe that Demko made the great saves on, maybe some of those go in. I think they I think they win win tonight, but I mean that's a big favorite for a team that uh, <laughs> has won one in their last ten. Yeah, and, and you know what is concerning too? Or actually maybe this is a good thing because the Jets are not gonna have home ice in the first round, and unless the three and four seeds win, there's no chance they'll have it in the second round. I mean, the Jets road record is still really good, 17, 10, and one on the season. But man, with what's happened at home as of late, they're now eleven, thirteen, and two at home. And um 
Yeah. Maybe maybe the fans should be giving themselves the Barry Horowitz because we've heard that, you know, there hasn't been they're trying to manufacture the emotion, which has been difficult. The fans obviously bring that, but um they're gonna need to find it and they're gonna need to figure it out. <laughs> because yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that the Leafs and Oilers aren't gonna need to be manufacturing anything when things get going in game one. There's a lot of stuff uh, you know, that the team says like, ah, we haven't been able to find the emotion. Well, I mean and they do qualify by saying, you know, every other team is also in the North Division playing without fans. So you got to find, you know, other teams are finding a way to win at home. You got to find a way to win at home too. And um, you know, looking at at the numbers or the probabilities from Dom at the Athletic, he's got the Jets at sixty percent chance to win. And uh, you know, they're on a back to back. The Canucks are, you know, have this heavy schedule and six and and. No one could use back to back as an excuse tonight because they played each other last night. No, no, I was saying, I was saying the Jets. Are- uh, but the Canucks are playing their sixth game in nine nights, which I think is worse than back-to-back, six and nine. Oh, well, it's that and back-to-backs. I mean, yeah. they're essentially playing three games every four nights right now. <laughs> yeah, so it's not uh, going well for Vancouver. I think, yeah, I, the bullet was in chat. He was saying, you know, Vancouver is easy, easy money tonight. But um, I think it's tough to win back-to-back. And the Jets, I mean, I know they're favored and they haven't done well, but they got to win. I think they they played well enough to win. I think the Jets win tonight. I think the Jets win tonight. Again, how much we take from it. I mean, you know, they could go out and win 10 0, and I wouldn't be here going, well, we fixed that. All right, let's go. Bring on the Oilers. Um, You know, I think there's going to be, you know, some continued, you know, work, you know, hopefully getting healthy, hopefully getting Ehlers back. If you're just tuning in right now or missed some of the show earlier on, Nick Kiprios on the Rod Peterson show today um, dropped his uh, little bomb, hashtag insider, that Nick Ehlers is not going to be ready for the playoffs. I think uh, you can all join me in hoping that he is dead wrong on that, but I will give Kipper credit. He has had a lot of good information in the past, so that is concerning, but I guess before we worry about that, Reem, we've got to figure out when these games are, who the Jets are playing, and a big part of that can be figured out tonight at the end of this game between Jets and Vancouver. Yeah, the playoffs start on Saturday, which uh, seems soon. You know, I, but the, it seems like the North Division, they're, they're still going to do these meaningless Vancouver Calgary yeah, games. You know what? It's the consolation final. You 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 signed up for the tournament. You're guaranteed four games, That's... and you know you're getting your games coming in before the uh, the meaningful playoff games happening later on. It is bizarre, uh, but you know they uh, they got to do it. So they're going to do it. The games won't mean anything. And I mean, what those games look like, how Vancouver and Calgary even handle those games, is actually going to be somewhat fascinating. I may even check it out a little bit. Uh, as they go forward, because both of those teams are headed for the draft lottery right now, but they have to get those games in. And, um, you know, the Leafs have a couple more as well, including the game against Winnipeg. But they wrap all these games, and I would imagine that the series, assuming that it's Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Toronto, Montreal, get going before the Flames and Canucks have actually finished their regular season games. I think they, they should do that. And a uh, comment from Rob in chat, he's, he says... A time zone issue will plague the Jets tonight. <laughs> <laughs> time zones are back to being banned. Banned on this program. We're not bring, talking about time zones anymore. Yeah, big, Especially when the teams played each other last night. They're doing it again. And once we get to the playoffs, both teams will be playing 
in the same time zone each and every night. So we will never have to talk about that again until next year when it inevitably becomes a topic at some point. And yeah, we so t- can time zones about it. may go against the Jets tonight. So that's a, that's a rough. <laughs> but yeah, as far as Ehlers goes, I mean, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. They obviously need him back. Um, you know, he was skating, wasn't shooting. I don't know if it was a shoulder issue or he just, you know, separated shoulder or a coll- collarbone thing. Uh, you know, in my personal experience, I had a uh, collarbone separated shoulder once, and uh, it was not fun. Shooting, you know, you could skate, but you couldn't shoot. I'm Did it happen not... in hockey? You fall off a bike? It, it, was, in, it was in hockey, actually. Um, I was back-checking really hard and went to dive to block a pass, and uh, I slid headfirst into the boards, and uh, I knew immediately it was done. I tried to tough it out and come back and play the next shift. Yeah, I'm real tough, and uh, it was pretty clear. It's pretty clear <laughs> I couldn't play. Well, I mean, I could skate, but, uh, you know, holding the stick and the shooting is a different story. So uh, it's definitely tough. I think you can come back quick from it. But, again, I'm not I'm not an elite athlete, and this was a long time ago. <laughs> well, as I said, I'm, like, I remember what Maurice said when they announced the injury. And he said, we are confident and hopeful that he is back for the playoffs. And there's a lot of wiggle room there because, and I think I said to you right off the bat, Remo, I sure hope they're more confident than they are hopeful um, because honestly, we have seen just how much Nikolai Ehlers means to this club when he's not in the lineup over the last few weeks. And, um, you know, to think that this exact same lineup will be able to completely flip the switch without people coming in I mean, even it probably sounds crazy to begin with, but, you know, having a player like Ehlers come back can change things significantly. Um, So I think everyone that follows the Winnipeg Jets and pulls for them hopes that that would be the case. He could come in and make a big impact right away. Uh, But I'll tell you what, if he's not coming out, well, starting tonight, these guys are going to have to figure it out. And I think, you know, we saw some good things in the second half of the game from the top line, some good chances, more from Kyle Connor. That's great. Um, The Vancouver Canucks are not really equivalent to who they're playing in the playoffs, though. So it needs to get better and a lot better. And hopefully we'll see it begin tonight. Yeah, hopefully it's better than blah. Right? That's what (laughs) Wheeler said yesterday. And I feel bad. um, You know, you want players to be more honest about the game. And then they are, and they say, we played blah. And you're kind of like ripping uh, Wheeler's comment. cracks about it. He was right. That was exactly blah. The start was very blah. Yeah. In fact, the start was worse than blah. Later on, it was maybe a bit better than blah, which gave out to a blah rating for the entire game as he a was, whole. And he's like, look, I'm, you know, I want to be honest here. So I, you can't really, you know, rip him for saying that. But it's like, come on, guys. You're one in nine in your last ten. And I've said that, like, so many times. But it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's hard Hard to have uh, hope heading into the playoffs when you're going to go up against McDavid, who's torn torn this team apart. So it seems like though, you know, Murat said this yesterday, and it seems like they're kind of they are playing it out, and they really don't care if they win or lose, and they're just going to play. You know, Maurice said he's going to even out the ice time. He's not going to play like a playoff game. Like you're not going to see, you know, the first line getting uh, extra ice time and stuff. And you saw where he put out the fourth line like offensive uh, zone after an icing. Um, so I don't think they care about the result. They want the process. The process was good yesterday. They did get kind of goalied, but they didn't win. And you got to win. And uh, that's you know that's how you make money in the league. And just not well, not get it done here. 
you you have to win next week. You don't really have to win this week, but I think everyone would feel better about the chances of winning next week if you show that you can still actually win yeah. in the regular season <laughs> against teams that are out of the playoffs and playing six games at yeah, nine nights. It's like so you can't beat I, if you can't beat <laughs> Ottawa and Vancouver when they're you know just playing it out the string. How are you hey, going to beat listen, Edmonton? I know, I know, Remo, you're just, you know, whoa, one win in 10 games, it's over. But you know what? They get a big win tonight. We come back and go, hey, yeah. this team's two and two in their last four games. You know, maybe you, you, you win against Toronto in a depleted lineup, and then, you know, you've, you're, you're above, you're three and two in your five going into the playoffs. I will say, once the playoffs, Off to the races. Once, you know, now the season is going on, we can talk about the thing, but once the playoffs starts, I'm like, oh well, it's fresh. It's fresh slate. <laughs> I don't know oh, what happened right. in the season. They're in the I, dance. That's what that's, matters. Who cares what happened before? We're yeah, focusing what, on the future. What that's do you what we're think they're saying was, next week? What do you think? hundred percent. Yeah. You can't start the playoffs and just sit around whining about the last three no. weeks. I no. mean, it really won't matter. You'd like to see it get better, um, but then the minute you know. And as I said, if they were able to go out and win game one next week, we'd all laugh about how concerned everyone was going into the playoffs. And look, won the first game. Listen, a lot of work to go yet. But today and tonight, the big story is going to be 1,000 games for Paul Stasny. What a great addition to the Winnipeg Jets he's been. If you missed it already and you're kicking around, if you're with us, especially live on YouTube, um, you know, hit up the Jets site afterwards and check out the availability with Stasny. It was really long, so we weren't going to play the whole thing today. But, um, you know, some really interesting stuff from Stasny on you know, how he got to this point, his time in Winnipeg, losing all his teeth, eating Taco Bell. It was um, it, it was it was a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, um, he's a guy. It's really too bad. We've talked, said this all year, not having fans in the building for so many things. Uh, but there's a guy that probably deserves a full house on their feet thanking him for what he's done in the National Hockey League. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a chance to do that at some point in the future as Jet fans, but that ain't happening this year. Uh, that would be great because that would mean Paul Stasny would be back, and I think most fans would agree that he's been a great, great part of the hockey club. Um, I guess that's going to do about it. Remo, you have anything else you want to uh, throw out to uh, to the people before we uh, call it a show and get ready for tomorrow? Yeah, Jeff Kabilis posted this in chat, and I've saw this while you were talking to Joe that the A's are might explore the possibility to relocate if they can't get this stadium proposal done. So uh, Oakland, uh, that's been a long time coming. I mean, they that is the yeah. biggest dump in pro sports that they've they play asked, in right so now. So they've asked City Council to vote on a twelve billion mixed use development. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to go through. So, uh, twelve like, billion? Yeah, twelve. It's, you don't just need a stadium anymore, Hus. You need a stadium, but then you need retail. You need a hotel. You need couple uh, JW Marriotts. Yeah, you need. Yeah, you need everything. You can't just have a stadium anymore. You need like businesses. Uh, you need all to own all the land so you can you know make more, even more. Uh, money, but then it's not enough for the you know the billionaire owner. He's got to ask the city to pay for it. So we'll see if <laughs> Oakland wants to pay for it. If they can get some other city to give them some, some free money for a stadium, maybe. <laughs> so we're, now we're sp- going to be speculating on who the next uh, you know the Montreal rumors are going on. Maybe they go uh, no- a little north to Portland or uh, some other city. 
so we'll see. I mean, Oakland, are, they already lost um, the Raiders. Mon- Dave Carpenter, yeah, Montreal A's. Montreal. Let's, could, let's could, do it. Get him back north of the border. Would love to see that. Uh, and what Gregory has just mentioned, uh, and we cannot not mention this, the Red Hot Moose back in action tonight against the Belleville Senators. Moose have a few more games this season. I know they've got a couple games on OB on the weekend, um, assuming that there's you know no Jets playoffs hockey uh, on the weekend. And um, man, Remo, 10 0 one for the Moose right now. Cool. Really yeah. has been awesome. And uh, so many players, particularly Cole Perfetti, making a huge impact right now. And while things have been, it's sort of incredible because the Jets have had this horrible slide and had the great start. The Moose had a tougher start and now have really, um, if you could just kind of swap the fates of both clubs right now, I think Winnipeg Jet fans would be pretty excited. But um, anyways, you can check out the Moose tonight as they continue their run to the end of the season, hopefully uh, with some more wins. Yeah, very sad that we won't have a Calder Cup playoffs this year, but uh, maybe it bodes well for next year. We'll wait and see. Although, you know, could Perfetti be on the Jets next year? Or could he? would he be in the OHL if they make him play there? I can't see that happening because of age rules, but isn't that what the rules currently are? Well, the, yeah, the rules currently were that he would have had to go back this year. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess for next year as well. I mean, listen, I think what he's done so far, he's probably played himself into the mix. But, um, yeah. you know, and who knows even what's going to happen with, I mean, I guess we just assume that junior hockey will be back operating as normal. But, I mean, like with everything else, who knows uh, at this point. Bottom line is, if you're able to and you haven't already, Get the shot. We got to get this going here. Yeah, I saw uh, Andrew Harris got his on the Bombers Instagram. Excellent, excellent. H- him and uh, Jackson Jeffcoat. They got the sticker. Je- Jeffcoat even had the sticker in Texas. Oh, good so, sticker. So selfie. sticker activate. You could take the selfie and it activates it. Yeah, and again, as part of our as part of our commitment to the community, when we get to the point where we're really trying to work hard to get people out, maybe we'll have our dream of the Winnipeg Sports Talk free beer with little brown jug after you get your vaccination at some point our own wst vaccination spot to get going and hopefully get out to games at some point beforehand um all right hey thanks to not autocorp boston pizza royal sports nick and nicky dq of course little brown jug I think it might be time for a summer logger tonight with the game. Just saying. Um, Assiniboy Downs, opening date next Monday. Friends at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club, breezybend.ca, coolbet.com. Check out Coolbet at our site. If you do want to play there, we've got a great bonus code for you. You can find that at our Winnipeg Sports Talk Twitter. And, of course, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Thinking about a trip inside the province this year. World-class fishing at Aikens Lake. Find out more at AikensLake.com. Remo, I am calling a win tonight. I do that very, very infrequently. I know it won't make a huge difference, but I think Connor Hellbuck comes in, plays a good game. I think the Jets are better. I think they win tonight. We'll see what that means, if anything, for the Toronto game but they can lock down the third place tonight. It sounds like you are less confident than I am about this game tonight. Hey, uh, no, Dom said 60% chance. Uh, I, I definitely think that they can win. They're not losing two in a row. So uh, I don't know if I'd go out there and call it. I think last night I, I said, I or yesterday, I was like, eh, I don't know, they seem like a big favorite here, and they shouldn't be. I still don't think they should be that big of a favorite, but 
I'm going to go with a win. They're not losing back-to-back to Vancouver. And they're not no. losing on Stan Stasny uh, 1000 night. Exactly, exactly. As the, it's, we've heard it all day in the, in the chat today. Do it for Stasny and let he be the catalyst to oh. a bit of a turnaround before the, things get going next week. We got the predictions in chat so we can uh, screenshot those when they happen. And be like, excellent, hey, this excellent. guy was right. Yeah, fire your chats in there right now. Um, and I see Gregory is not, oh, Gregory, not a fan of needles. Hey, don't worry, dude. No one really is a fan of needles. I mean, unless you're maybe a big acupuncture guy. But yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> but I will tell you, um, like so many people, you really don't even know that it happened. Just don't look and yeah. they'll ask you something and they'll say, oh, it's done. Oh, wow. So uh, you will realize that any fear will be uh, it, no big deal. In and out feeling good 15 minute wait and then you're and then you can be waxed and vaxxed like uh like everyone that's already got it done yeah i didn't look and i was like oh that was it that was my reaction was <laughs> and then i you know, sat there on my phone it was good times <laughs> uh all right folks have a great day thanks for joining us spread the word on winnipeg sports talk daily if you haven't already do us a favor hit that like button in the chat that always helps us uh, big time. And tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Tell them to subscribe on YouTube if you're in with us right now and haven't hit that red button. Please do that already. Thanks again to everyone for their support. We're now well over 4,000 subscriptions, and we're looking to get to five. That'll be a great day on it. And uh, and Remo will be back tomorrow. Great show tomorrow. Chris Johnson, Sportsnet Insider, will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the Jets. Maybe he'll have some insider info on what he's hearing about Nikolai Ehlers. Michael's situation and a look ahead to the playoffs with uh, one of the best in the business that I'm so excited to have on the program because obviously since he became full-time at Sportsnet, we were on TSN. It's been a while since we had a chance to talk, but uh, Chris is going to join us tomorrow and much more on both the Jets and the Moose as we head to the postseason. Yeah, this is going to be fun heading into the playoffs. We'll uh, finally get some uh, playoff games, some overtimes coming up. And yes, uh, all of our social links in the chat, uh, you know, follow us, Facebook, Instagram, could use a couple more. And if you don't want to tell, uh, you know, your friends, you know, verbally, well, you can always just hit the like button or uh, the share button or the retweet button. Uh, you know, you can do that, that too. Many different ways to skin yeah. a cat here, folks. Well, actually, we don't want to skin any cats. We just want to spread the word about Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'm not sure whether that saying came from or why it's even in my vernacular, but it apparently is. Although I can say I have never skinned anything, including a cat. Uh, All right. For Michael Remus, I am Andrew Patterson. Thanks to everyone. Hit that like button, by the way, when you're on your way out. Uh, And to those listening on the podcast feed, thanks so much for making us a part of your day. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Chris Johnson. TSN's Darren Drager joining us on Thursday as well. We're really ramping up for the playoffs here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And we'll look forward to joining you tomorrow, 1 o'clock live on YouTube, later in the afternoon on podcast here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night and enjoy the game this evening. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.